Hello, and welcome to the TV Movie Rewind Podcast with Matt and Todd. Hi, everyone. Today we are going to discuss the 1993 action thriller Hard Target starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is also the American debut of director John Woo, who went from doing Hard Boiled in Hong Kong was his last movie he made before he came over to America to do Hard Target. Oh, so, okay. Because um, we saw Hard Boiled first. Of all the John Woo, uh, excuse me, of all the John Woo movies we saw, that's the one we saw first, I am fairly certain. Well, it's... we saw Hard Target before we saw Hard Boiled. Oh, well, okay, I'm sorry. Then I guess of the, um, I guess of the Hong Kong films. Um, right. So, okay. And I remember hard. It's been a while since I've seen Hard Boiled, but I remember certain parts of it, like briefly. And I mean, I guess spoiler alert: it's certainly going to be a recommendation. And definitely watch Hard Boiled if you haven't seen it. If you're an action movie fan, like it, it's definitely it's a it's a must uh, on the list. Um, I uh, uh, anyway, we, since we saw that first, I just assumed the other ones that we saw, which are also very good. I think it's what like it's. I get it confused with the Stallone movie, but it's something like a Bullet to the Head or Bullet to the Head. There's Bullet to the Head. And Better Tomorrow is another one. And the killer isn't the, and a better tomorrow is one of them, right? Yes, the killer. And I think they did they remake the killer, or was that was that was was the killer a remake? Not as far as I know. Okay, all right. That was the American one, yeah. Or is that the is that one of the Hong Kong ones, or is that that's one of the Hong Kong ones? All right. So what was the one with? I think it was Jet Li. Was that not? I guess I'll figure that out later. I'm thinking of like some Jet Li movie with this. I mean, you might be thinking of the replacement killers with Chow Yun Fat that was made over here. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I thought it was Jet Li or, or I'm thinking of something else. But you're right. Maybe it's the replacement killers. Yeah. Anyway, any any of those any any of those movies that we just mentioned are all awesome. But I, I think I like Hard Boiled the best. Well, it's it's weird because I remember when this was coming out, when Hard Target was coming out, and the Trailers were on, and I, you know I've never been a big Van Damme fan. You Myself know, either. Yeah, he's he's made some pretty cool, you know, literally kick ass or kick head action movies. But I remember seeing the trailer for this, and you know, the trailer ends with you know the the narrator saying, "Directed by acclaimed international action director John Woo," and I'm like, you know, at that time, I'm like John Woo. I never heard of that guy. What about right. John McTier? Like, what are these international action directors? Come on. Right, action. right. The American directors make the action, the good action movies. I don't know what, what their sticks. You know, again, me being a an idiot, even more of an idiot 30 years ago than I can be now. Oh, no. Like, I was thinking, like, I mean... I, I, John and, Woo, who's heard of this guy? Yeah, well, it, to, it was, to me, it was just, like, generically... My ma- my brain was still in the mode and would remain that way for a while. But my brain was still in the mode of any you know any any movie made say before like 1970 is going to be a musical and probably in black and white, right? Like it's basically all either Gone with the Wind or like Wizard of Oz. You know, like it didn't even occur to me that there would be you know <laughs> anything other than that. You know what I mean? Like I had these very specific preconceptions and like you know foreign movies were just made for people. You know, I I had. 
I guess it hadn't even occurred to me that there were like other movies, right, in other countries. But I guess my basic thought process was, would, would be like, oh, they wouldn't like the same stuff as us. You know what I mean? Like, why would they, they you know, they probably made some like dramas or something. Because um, I think like for the most part, uh, foreign movies I had more or less associated with the ones that like dad would drag us to. And there were like these British like period films that were like three and a half hours long, you know. So yeah, I, I mean, to me, it was just like what? <laughs> one one second, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Well, as you know, it, it turns out like in in August, so just a few weeks from when we're recording this, will yeah. be the 30th anniversary of this movie. You know, based on, you know, of course, loosely based on the, the, the short story, Most Dangerous Game. And there was, I'm trying to think if um, Surviving the Game starring Ice-T came out around this time. It wasn't well, too question. long after. I feel like it did. And I think sometime, it's probably later in the 90s, The Pest. Yes. With uh, John Leguizamo, which is, again, yes. literally the same story, but it's a comedy and a pretty good one. Yeah, uh, not, not least, one if you I normally recall. think of in that genre, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, again, this is definitely my favorite Van Damme movie. For sure, same. Um, probably followed by, I really enjoy Universal Soldier, and then I would say Bloodsport. Yep. Yeah, those are the big three for me. Um, it's it's probably my it's definitely my favorite American made John Woo movie because unfortunately mm-hmm. when he got over here they kind of you know censored him you know he he I guess he really looked forward to coming over and and making some films in America you know especially with you know Hong Kong transferring back to China and all that and unfortunately you know Broken Arrow not a bad action movie but you know. No, not what you expect from John Woo. Right. Face Off, I know, is pretty popular. I know people really like it. For me, I, I don't know. I just, I, I never, it, it's got great action sequences, but it just never, um, I don't know, it never appealed to me for whatever reason. It never really uh, clicked with me. Fa- I mean, Face Off is a fun movie, um, and I enjoy it. Uh, you know, I mean, I like to laugh sometimes because it's you know it's kind of an absurd movie but um it's it's if you're going to see like a john woo movie you you want something a bit more at least like hard target if not hard foiled uh so i'm with you there yeah um and unfortunately because like this movie i mean especially compared to um hard boiled this movie is fairly restrained for the most part which is um uh, you know, it's 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 uh, which is you know saying a lot for John Wood, but you know more than enough happens, <laughs> and well, uh, it was a heck of a lot of fun. It had been a while since I had seen it, and I'm like you, like I, again, um, I, I was never the problem with John, John the problem with the Jean Claude Van Damme was more like I just wasn't super into his movies, but I always thought he was fun, like he was certainly fun to watch, and uh, he's great in Expendables too. Oh yeah, as a villain, he's fantastic. Well, we should also point out the the we re rewatched it, but the version we rewatched is the unrated international cut, which you can get from uh, Kino Lorber has a 4K available, all with um, the international cut. It doesn't add any real scenes; it just 
adds footage into the already existing scenes. And the best way I can describe it is there's more explosions and more bullet hits. Like in the American theatrical cut, if you see somebody get short shot four times in the international cut, they're being shot 20 times. Right. You know, they're just, he is just, and, and even after he riddles the body with bullets, he'll then kick him in the head. Like that's, that's what killed him. Right. So I definitely, if you're a fan of this movie, you definitely want to check out the, uh, the Kino Lorba release, which with the international cut. So the movie begins with, uh, actually the, you pointed out the, uh, screenwriter is playing the first victim being hunted by, uh, Lance Henriksen and Arnold Voslo and the people, they're the ones basically running the company that allows rich, super elite people to hunt human beings. And they're currently operating in, in New Orleans, where they find homeless people who are former special forces or military who have seen combat because they pride themselves in, in hunting those people Which, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, even though they've been down on their luck and starving in the streets for the last, you know. Right. And whatever. And, and they chase them like usually in some sort of open space, ultimately, where they can be chased by not only the person who's paying to hunt, but, like, guys on ATVs, motorcycles, well, a helicopter, uh, and, like, a grenade <laughs> grenade launcher. Well, again, you get the impression that, you so, know, these, these guys probably, you know, at least one of them we know wouldn't be, he doesn't even know how to use the gun that he's, right. he's chosen, you know. He does. They don't really know what they're doing. They're just trying to get the thrill of the hunt and, and killing. You know, I think some of these guys, especially the ones we see towards the end that get recruited to hunt uh, Van Damme specifically, probably were, you know, big game hunters or have hunted, you know, animals. Whereas this is just about rich sociopaths being able to get the thrill. Well, sure. But again, like they go over about how like, we try to make the hunt more interesting by choosing combat veterans. And it's like, okay, again, malnourished ones, uh, well, who, you know, who, who are, who are desperate and been on the streets for months, if not years, but then also you come at them with a literal army. It's like, it's not that sporting. No. no. And honestly, that's the worst thing about them. Right. Well, that, and it's, it's obvious that uh, Voslo and Enrikson are just as much into the hunt as yeah. these guys. They're, they're not, they're not along almost as guys. It's almost like they want to get that kill shot in themselves. They are delightfully evil. Well, and what's interesting about the uh, dynamic between Voslo and Henriksen's characters is Henriksen's obviously in charge. Sure. He's obviously the top guy. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly paying um, uh, Voslo. Voslo is, but they have an equal friendship. Well, uh, my... very clearly that, you know, Voslo has no, you know, can express his opinion and Enriksen doesn't, at no point does Enriksen ever be like, I'm the one in charge here. I'm the one making decisions. I mean, he does get the final say, but there, there's almost this, this, it's a friendship, which is odd because you don't normally see that in right. this type of movie between 
the head villain and his his heavy. The, the way now this is just me like reading into this to the psychology and the I guess of it, but I mean the way I read it is more or less like Enrickson at the end of the day I think is afraid of Voslu. Uh, oh, I don't he, think Enrickson's afraid of anybody. I feel like I feel like if there's any one person he's afraid of, or at least could be theoretically intimidated by is uh Voslu. And I think Voslu just also knows that like he's not really afraid of Erickson either. Enrickson either. And as long as he's getting paid, it's it's whatever. And there's no, also I, that like statistic respect between, you know, just two psychopaths. I, <laughs> just, I think there's a they very, just enjoy being psychopaths together. Well, yeah, I think there's a very solid friendship there. I don't you know, know this solid, but friendship anyway. This this isn't, you know, a you know boss employee dynamic as you know i feel like one would absolutely turn on the other at a moment i don't get that huh? i don't get that at all i completely disagree with you all right i think i think uh well i guess that's it for me thank you everyone and uh well it's been a good what hundred and whatever shows and uh i, I mean that's it you, I... you don't think Voslo would have taken a bullet for enrickson not at all no well, you know what, folks? I really now, you know, more than anything, I really want to hear, you know, on Twitter, when I post this on Twitter, movie Matt Soroyce, M O V I E M A T T S I R O I S. I really want your opinion, folks. I, I want you to you you to see whether you agree more or if you even have your own opinions. Do you think Voslo would have taken a bullet for Enrickson? Do you think Enric? I don't think Enrickson might have taken a bullet for Voslo. I don't think that, but I don't think he would turn on Voslo either. I think these guys had a had a a really close relationship. I, I'm more inclined to think. I mean, here's where I guess we sort of agree. Is at least if if to me, if one is if if one was to turn on the other, I'm way more inclined to think that Enrickson would turn on Voslo. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Enrickson would turn on Voslo, sell him out, whatever. You know, like, for example, if he can make a deal by like set, by giving him up, I think he would totally do it. Um, I could see Voslu being more hesitant to do it because I think he's more of a professional. And Enrickson's uh, in an unhinged and, 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 well, and they're both uh, unhinged. They're well, right. Both. But I just I mean, true. <laughs> but I just I'm just what I'm saying is that like uh, Enrickson is more uh, emotional, I guess. And I, I could totally see him selling out Voslu if it, if it advantaged him. I don't think Voslu would do it that easily, but I think at the end of the day, Voslu knows he doesn't trust Enrickson, so he wouldn't be that surprised either. I think Voslu trusts Enrickson completely. Well, and I think that's why he feels free to express his opinion. And you know, even when we get to it later, no, I, I, I really disagree. All right. So, anyways, the the person they hunt and kill at the beginning of the movie, um has a daughter and that's another thing you know they was they have this sleazy slimy guy who you know is always in this movie and you almost feel bad for like these actors who get like okay we need a weaselly you know guy that is going to be completely you know picked on by the villains and by the hero every every insult they throw at him is going to be preceded by the word fat you know, he's going to get his ear cut off. He's going to get smacked around. He's basically, you know, the sleazeball character. He's, he's either, you know, he'll play like the 
slimy attorney, or he'll play like the. I swear, isn't even wear isn't even wearing a tank top like he's he's straight out of a stereo like he's yeah, which as we were talking when we were watching it like um, you know, imagine being told hey we had an idea for this role and we immediately thought of you. You know? Yeah, it's not it's not the character you want to be thought of as. Right, we're really thinking of we we love you for this. It is perfect for it. It's almost as if like, well, should we get Dennis Dennis Franz? No, I don't think Dennis Franz is slimy enough. We want we want a a, a, a person that you know people are going to even like less than you know the characters Dennis Franz types tends to play. Right, not to insult Dennis Franz, it's but just the characters, to, yeah. you know, yeah. And anyways, this guy, uh, the uh, the character's name is Poe, is he hires homeless people to hand out flyers. That's, you know, how some homeless people are able to make some money. And this is how he's able to, um, you know, figure out like, oh, you were a veteran or, you know, well, if you, you want, I'll pay you $100 to fill out another application. And, you know, maybe I'll have work for you for something else. He's supposed to only supply them with people who have no family. So if they disappear, there will be no questions. Now, on top of this, they also have the city's medical examiner examiner on their payroll so that when the bodies turn up, it won't be looked into and really investigated. It also helps that, as we will find out, the New Orleans Police Department is on strike. So that might have been a factor as to why they started opening up the games in New Orleans because they knew they wouldn't really have to deal with uh, police too much. So Yancey Butler drives into New Orleans looking for her dad. She hasn't spoken to him in a while, and she finds out he was homeless um, and living on the street. So she's searching for him. She goes to the police to try to, you know, file a report but like they're on strike there is one single police detective working and she you know obviously isn't on strike but you feel you know you kind of feel for her because she's obviously overworked since most of the department isn't working but when Yancey Butler sits down to you know file a missing report person's report like oh she he's my dad and she starts typing and like okay what's his address and like oh from what I understand he's homeless and she says, which is ridiculous, well, in order to be missing, you have to have a place to be missing from, which, come on, that ain't true. Yeah, right. No, it's and she's like, I mean, again, like you said, obviously overworked. So I guess we'll cut her some slack there. But it's just like, just take the report. Yeah. So anyway, she just says, well, I can take the report, but I don't think we're going to f- do anything. If I recommend, I can recommend you check out, you know, the homeless shelters and places like this, but I also recommend you hire somebody who knows the city to take you around. Now, preceding this, but it wasn't important. We we were first introduced to um, Van Dam. You know, he's in this little diner, and you know he's he's eating really bad gumbo, which he refers, which he reviews as a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. I the coffee was response. tolerable. And the waitress says, well, well, it ain't free either. And he, she goes like, oh, and did you leave your wallet in your other tuxedo? And he's like, oh, I used that one before. Uh-huh. 
And you see he pays his bill entirely in change. So you know he's down on his luck, too. And while he's paying, Yancey Butler comes into the diner and she starts making you know phone calls. But she's not really thinking because she takes out a huge wad of cash yeah. and goes up to the counter to ask for change for the phone. And he immediately you know, registers that and he registers to all the people sitting in the diner who also registered that this, you know, woman is by herself and holding a huge wad of cash. So he exits the diner just before her and she comes out after him. And of course, she's immediately accosted by four thugs. Van Damme comes to her rescue and boy, does he lay the beat down on these guys. You got everything... From the classic elbow bent the opposite way, you know, kicks to the head, head slammed into parking meters. I mean, if this wasn't an action movie, everybody he just hit would be dead. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the head yeah. trauma and the broken bones. Anyways, he, like he everybody gets her. severe concussions. Yes, he at, helps. at minimum. He helps her into her car. He hands her back her purse and he says, you know what? You need to be more careful around here. It's, you know, this used to be such a nice neighborhood, but be careful when you, you know, flash that cash around it. And she drives off. We then cut to, he is uh, working with the uh, merchant sailors and he's at the docks waiting, hoping he's going to get a job on a ship so that, you know, he can start making his money. And she returns to him, you know, she found, she was, you know, she says, the people at the diner told me I could find you here. You know, I need help. You know, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, pay, you know, a hundred dollars a day. And he's like, well, uh, uh, for what? And she's like, for a hundred dollars, does it matter? And he says, yeah, 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 it does. Sure. And that's what his name is called for, that he's going to get a ship. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'd like to help you, but I'm not going to be in town. And he goes up to go get the job, and he finds out that, oh, he owes $217 for his union dues. And if he doesn't pay up his dues, he can't get the job. And he's like, well, if I can't get the job, I can't pay the dues. And like, hey, those are the rules, you know. And, And he goes, but your ship doesn't sail out till the end of the week. If you pay before then you'll get your ship and he's like all right i'll get the money and he goes back to yancey butler's driving away and apparently he decided he really wanted to make an impression because as she's driving away it really doesn't make any no he'd have to either how it's set up but right because he'd have to tell it well i guess we don't really know how far away but if she had been driving away even relatively slowly the whole time like he would have had to sprint yeah, he like still teleport to where he got to. Still had to get around in front of her and then have these guys who were moving, you know, big pallets with the forklift got in front of between them so that he's got the dramatic reveal as the poor forklift passes away. And he says, you know what, I, I can work for you for two days if you will pay me $217. And she agrees. And he's like, all right. And, you know, they have a little, you know, more of a, 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 you know, meet cute discussing their past in the car as they drive around. And uh, they meet Roper, who is another homeless veteran who has been, you know, is friends with Van Damme and had actually encountered Yancey Butler earlier when she was looking for her dad. And he's like, hey, you know what? I found your dad's 
sleeping bag and his stuff. You know, if you want to, you know, I, I can show you where that is. And that's when they discover the flyers that, you know, he had been paid to hand out, which leads them to slimy guy, Poe. After they talk with Poe, it's the police approach her saying that, unfortunately, they found her dad's body and they think he died in a fire in an abandoned building that he probably started a fire to stay warm. And Van Damme is immediately a little suspicious about it, especially when they only turn up one of her father's dog tags. They always come in two. So he goes to investigate where they found the body. He finds the other dog tag. But Lance Hendrickson is on to him investigating into this whole situation. So he sends two thugs after Van Damme, which is a bad idea because that's really what cements in everybody's mind that there's something more going on here. You know, if if you send people to, you know, beat me up and tell me to stop investigating, I know there's something to investigate. Of course, once I take a beating, I am going to stop investigating. I'm like, all right, fine, you know. But, you know, this is Van Damme. He's going to go further into this. And that's really what brings these two forces onto a collision course. This movie is filled with spectacularly done action sequences. Yes. Yeah, I, I, um, I love the way it's shot. I love the way the sequences are shot. It's very easy to follow. Yes, and you get a lot of, you know, the tropes you will see. If you see Van Damme films, you will see a lot of him, the tropes used and reused, especially with, you know, birds flying around and, you know, slow motion shots. And well, you dramatic. mean John Woo? John Woo, what did I yeah. say? You said Van Damme. Yeah. But you yeah. do get the Van Damme tropes of, like, the split kicks and the, oh, yes. right, like, roundhouse kicks and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and he does some of his most amazing, you know, martial arts kicking even outside of something like blood sport definitely you know um and i'm with you i think this is the best movie oh yeah i mean there's there's a lot of gunfire a lot of explosions you get two great villains in yes boslow and enrickson absolutely and um you know he gets a role that's really good for him and uh he can do everything you know he's great at in it um, this is definitely his best film. There's a sequence where they're at- where they're with the police officer who is helping with the case. Once you know she, you know she says herself, you know the wheels turn slowly around here, but they do turn. And when they go to talk with Poe again, it's just moments after Voslo has killed Poe himself. And. They're ambushed. The officer is killed, and Van Dam and Yancey Butler end up on the run, being hunted by these guys. And there is a spectacular motorcycle car chase. And there is, I mean, it had to have been dangerous. I don't know how they set it up because this is 1993. It got CGI. Right. I don't know whether, you know, Everything is practical it. effects, physical stunts, yeah. The sequence where he is playing chicken against a SUV coming at him. He's on a motorcycle. 
He stands up on this motorcycle, basically surfing the motorcycle, firing the gun into the windshield. And I believe that is him, not a double. So it must have been, I mean, people do it all the time. So I I don't know if that's a stunt. Like he can clearly balance, but I'm wondering if that's a stunt he learned for the movie or I don't know, maybe he rides motorcycles and does stuff like that all the time. But it's impressive anyway. But he sends that motorcycle colliding into the car, flipping over the car. It really does look like he is going to stick the landing. Yes. I was really disappointed that he didn't. Still impressed, but... Yes. Well, even still, he doesn't go, you know, falling and tumbling. He doesn't quite... He makes the landing. He doesn't quite, you know, land on his feet. But he's up and and then firing into... It is just a fantastic sequence to start. It is It is amazing. This leads them into, you know, they end up going into the bayou. Um, they, uh, Enriksen and Vosloo call in some of their best hunters to participate in the hunt because they want to, you know, bring him down. And that's where we meet my Whip Bissell Award winner, Wilfred Brimley, playing Chance's uncle. Uh, Cajun moonshiner living out in the bayou. He's fantastic. He, he he's, he's, fantastic. he's 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 a Whit Bissell winner, right? Well, it's tough between him and and um, and Voslu, but Voslu's as much of a star, I guess. So, like, yeah, I mean, he's he's great. <laughs> I want him Voslo to see my... is fantastic. Yeah. Um, this is probably you know he's he was good in the Mummy, but he doesn't have much of a role to play in the Mummy, right? He's Voslo as good as the replacement uh, Darkman to to yeah to Liam Neeson and Darkman. Uh, he's always good whenever I see him, but I think this is probably his best role himself. He's really good in this. Yeah. he plays menacing. Uh, he's he's a good tough guy, and you know both he and Enriksen both go mano y mano with Van Dam, which right. is impressive as well you you don't get you know you don't usually see the the villain type that Enriksen is playing usually getting his hands dirty but he's right there in the thick of these things too so we meet they're being chased through the bayou by the bad guys and Van Damme's leaving like even traps where he Knocks out a rattlesnake, bites Punches off his it. rattletail, and then uses it as a trap to uh, stall his pursuers. Where we get, you know, when the, the snake bites one of the bad guys, we even get some great se- a sequence with Enriksen as he kills the guy who's dying from the snake bite. Yes. And then angrily says, like, if you would die quieter and move faster, you know, they wouldn't have time to set these traps up for us. He's great. And that this is also where once they realize that um, they've separated that um, well actually so Van Dam and and uh, introduces Yancey Butler to you know the great Wilford Brimley playing his uncle and he decides that okay I'm gonna lead the bad guys away you two ride up back to town and get the police out here to help, you know, with the situation. And Brimley's character sets up a great diversion for his nephew by blowing up his own 
not only his still, but his entire, yeah. I don't know if this is his main residence, but he blows up the entire cabin to, to not only distract the villain, but to give the villains, but to give um, uh, Van Damme time to ride away. He takes out a bunch of them too. Um, it's a great scene, whole bunch of burns. Um, uh, but yeah, he like destroys everything. To protect his nephew. To protect his nephew, yeah. It's it is it's yeah, like every I uh, he had a ton of explosives, so I I'm wondering if he had like his own still and stuff. Well, we know he had a still. We see him oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. when he's introduced. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he had it all set up so that with one arrow he could, you know, set off this massive explosion. Yeah, he does take out a couple of the bad guys. And then he and Yancey Butler go He's got a solid body count in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a very solid body count in this movie. And they, he's great all the way through it. They go riding off and, you know, they start to chase after him. But Enrix is like, no, no, Van Damme's the target. We're going after him. And he goes to Voslo. I want you to, to get the helicopter out here. And I want you up in the air. And I want you tracking him down. And Voslo's like, well, I can take him from the air. And Enrickson's like, any idiot can take him from the air. I want to take him from the ground. Because this isn't just about covering it up. Because they're planning on leaving. They, they make this, they decided earlier that oh, yeah. they go to, um, you know, Eastern <laughs> Europe where they could, you know, run the hunts for years without anybody bothering them. Yeah. Because well, this is just about, that's... you know, it isn't even a cover up anymore at this point. Because, like I said, they're planning on being gone where the law can't touch them or even find them. This is about completing the hunt. This is about he and Voslo being able to kill Van Damme. Well, yeah, I mean, this is what they live for. This is what they usually get paid for. And there is a bit of an argument between, and this is what I'm saying, when, you know, Voslo's like, I can take him from the air. And it's like, we're going to take him from the ground. That's where I really sense that these guys are almost on equal footing. You know, this isn't, you know, this this is a dynamic of one friend saying to another, like, I don't think you're thinking about this quite rationally. We should probably just end this. And the other one's saying, I understand what you're saying, but that's not how we're doing this. Well, right, because one is in charge and the other one's being paid and is a professional. Yeah. Yeah. That's at least that's that's how I read it, you know. So they go off after Van Damme, who is leading them to the Mardi Gras, sorry, Mardi Gras graveyard, where there's a big warehouse full of old Mardi Gras floats. Uh, this is where our final action spectacular will take place, with more, you know, bullets and explosions and bodies flying. So they chase him there, and then we come back to you know Wilford Brindley and Nancy Butler reaching what looks like towards the edge of the bayou on horseback. And he's like, okay, lady, you go call the, she turns around and rides back to go help Van Damme. I don't know what she's thinking. Right. She's unarmed. Right. There's an army of killers. Right. And, and, and Brimley, just one of my favorite lines in the movie, after she already rides off, he's like, I really think you should go call the sheriff. (laughs) Right. But he I goes, don't know what she's gonna do. Like, what is your plan? She goes riding, you know, back to the the to the way. I don't even know how she knows how to find the. She probably right? 
she probably just follows the sounds of explosions, screaming, that's and she's fire bursting. I think that's the way to go. That's probably how she's able to find it. Which is true. This is true. And that's, yeah, that's what she's running towards completely unarmed with, like, no fighting experience. Yeah. I mean, in her defense, um, not only are the police apparently on strike, or any law enforcement on strike, um, but, although she doesn't know they're on the take, at least not yet, I don't think. Well, to her. Uh, I don't know if that was revealed to them yet, but at, at any rate, um, like they've they being you know Enrikson and Vosla have been running this operation like in the city apparently for at least a couple days. Just again, helicopters, cars, grenade launchers, and no police have apparently showed up for that. So I, I guess I don't blame her for not necessarily thinking they're going to help this time. But still, I don't know her plan of running towards the danger. Like, what's that really going to do? How is she going to yeah. help? It would be one thing if she. Oh, I'll go a... get the police. Like, yeah. Like, what is she going to do? Get there and then decide to get the police? Like, if she at least do? had a gun, she could contribute right. that way, I guess. Right. But, uh, you know, Van Damme is, of course, doing just fine on his own because one of the first guys that rides a motorcycle into that location, he kicks the gas can. First, he kicks the gas can at the guy. Yeah. Fires the shotgun at the gas can, and in a in a fantastic display of movie physics. Yes, movie science. Oh, the Which complete is the best lack science, of the laws of physics. <laughs> this gas tank explodes, sending the guy, motorcycle and all, yep. in this ball of flame through a wall. It is again. It's just a spectacular visual, and that's you know. Now the fight is on. There's bullets and bodies flying everywhere. Van Damme's kicking, killing, shooting, breaking necks. Uh, Uncle shows up with a bow and arrow. <laughs> but he brought more than Yancey Butler did, who was For like, sure. first, you, she, like, she's skulking around the thing, and you're like, what is she? What is she just do? created another situation. <laughs> she's only created a situation that, you know, Van Damme's going to have to bail her right. out of. Right, or or the uncle. <laughs> well, yes. Like, all you did, just did was make things worse. Um, there's a sequence where Van Damme is shooting it out with Arnold Vosloo, and they end up, this is a, very much a John Woo visual where the two will end up back-to-back with yep. walls, a wall between, you know, their backs, taunting each other, and they'll spin around and fire at each other. You will see that it, it was famously used in the trailer of Face Off. Uh, you will also see it in Hard Boiled. It works, so, you know, why not? Uh, he's able to take out Voslo. Uh, Brimley takes out a couple of guys with his bow and arrow. He actually makes a really cool shot through one of the floats to kill a guy through the neck. Really cool. Very, yeah. Uh, Yancey Butler actually is able to get a gun off a guy and kill him, so she does contribute. Unfortunately, Enrikson gets the better of both Brimley and Butler. He actually stabs Brimley with one of his own arrows, knocking him out of the fight, and then he grabs Butler and he does the, the you know the typical like, all right, uses her as a human shield, although he's not hiding behind her in any way. Um. There's a scene, there's a dialogue exchange between Enrikson and Van Damme that's kind of cringeworthy. 
it's yeah. like two kids taunting each other on the the schoolyard because there's this great and again props to Enrickson doing a bit of a stunt where he's got this flaming yeah. coat on and you see it's him and you see the trench you can kind of see where he had the gel like the fire retardant gel on the back of his head to keep his hair from catching but he still is wearing this flaming trench coat that he has to you know disentangle himself from and then to him yells at um Van Tam yells out at him, so how does it feel to be hunted? And Enrickson yells back, you tell me. And Van Tam, you should know better. I mean, come on. That's, yeah. that's two kids on the schoolyard yelling, you know, taunts back and forth. Well, I'm rubbering your glue and anything you say bounces on me and sticks to you. Right. It, it, it doesn't. I, I don't know what they were thinking with that one. You know, it's one thing, you know, it, I, the, the line, how does it feel to be hunted works. Everything after does not. So he's got Yancey Butler and he makes Van Damme throw down his shotgun. Um, and he, all through the movie, he's been using this, um, uh, Enrickson's been using this, this one shot target pistol. And he has Yancey Butler, like he's, he's got her in one hand and he needs her to reload, reload him. And she slowly takes the bullet from his belt and starts putting it in the chamber. And that's when Van Damme starts running towards them, realizing this is my opportunity. If I can close the gap before he gets the gun up to shoot either one of us. And they end up in a, you know, a a fight. And and Van Damme is, you know, uh, kicking him. at Enrickson shows his, you know, he picks up this flaming board and starts beating Van Damme with the flaming board. Well, Van Damme had a hit one of the hand grenades from the bad guys, punches <laughs> Enrickson a couple of times, and then drops the grenade down Enrickson's pants, and then kicks him away, and then dies for cover. And again, it's kind of odd, because Enrickson is able to extract the grenade from his pants before it goes off, but instead of tossing it away, he decides to unscrew the fuse disassemble the grenade. Apparently this grenade's taken all its time to go off. Yeah, it's taken this very sweet time. And at first, you're like, oh, he did it, because he's like, ha 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 ha. But then the, the fuse still ignites the gunpowder anyways, and it's like, whoop, and he gets blown to smithereens. Uh, they reunite with um, Van Damme and, and Butler reunite with Wilford Brimley, who has survived his wounds. And um, the movie ends there. I mean, of course, we, we didn't describe this movie because it's an action movie and it's right. very heavy on action. Right, it's entirely uh, visuals. and yeah, well, and Not entirely, obviously. But. This is one of my top... Not only is this my favorite Van Damme movie, this is one of my top ten all-time action movies. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm with you. It, it, before we watched it again, um, I don't really remember the last time I had seen it, but longer than I think, probably... Um, heck maybe even pretty close to 30 years right and i i remember you know liking it but um this rewatch was a lot of fun i forgot just how much fun this movie truly was it's um great pacing and uh yeah it was a blast all the way through uh absolutely seek it out if you haven't seen it uh this is another movie i owned on vhs i bought on dvd and like i said i got the uh 4K Ultra Blu-ray with the international cut that has some special features on there too. I mm-hmm. highly recommend this Kino Lorber 
uh, Blu-ray version of it. Go to klstudioclassics.com, buy yourself a copy. You will not regret it. Yeah, we watched it. Um, we, uh, we don't have a 4K setup. We watched it, or at least I did, in uh, you know normal high def, and it's, it looks great. It's a great transfer. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it's just the characters, you know, because a lot of times you don't get many good characters in an action movie. Usually the best character in an action movie is the villain. For sure. The hero can be okay. And then you get, you know, the, the typical tropes. But, you know, again, like I said, the two main villains, Enrikson and Voslow, are amazing. Either one of them could have been the main villain alone. And it still would have been a great, yeah. But we Van get two Damme of them, and they're fantastic together, like I said. Does an admirable job. He... I don't know whether it's a good role for him. Well, you know, because he's playing a Cajun, so that you know also explains his his. um, It helps with the Belgian accent. Yeah, you know, it's close. But I also think he leaned into it a little bit more than he normally would, too. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, I think this movie had because I mean, I don't remember. Like, I remember him being, you know, an action star at the time, right? And uh, but I don't remember any of the movies being probably as well budgeted at this as this like maybe universal soldier but that came later like cyborg felt kind of cheap for me uh blood sport was probably what made him famous but i guess what i'm saying is like he again he's fun to watch but the movies he were was in weren't that great no but this was also at the real height of his career this is when he was starting to get bigger production uh movies yeah well and i think that's part of why he's better in it you know what i mean Oh yeah, I mean he's he's like he's got reason to be more invested, I guess, than just like oh, I'll kick the guy and do the thing. You know, they asked a bit more of him, and and I think he delivered. Uh, Yancey Butler is great in her role too. She doesn't have the greatest character to play, no, but she plays it with her full ability. You know, she's often you know like when she gets when when Van Dam rescues her from the snake, the look on her face is almost like somebody had really dropped a snake down the back of her shirt. You know. Right. I mean, especially as the female lead in a 90s action movie goes, she's acquitted really well, and she does a good job with it. As much as we were making fun of her for, like, leaving Wilford Brimley and running into the... the, She she did. Yeah. Yeah, she did do it. You know? She is not... She's not a coward. No. Like, she's definitely uh, maybe impulsive. You know, she does need to be aided by Van Damme in two, but she's not. Actually, I shouldn't even put it that way, because, like, running to, running to get help would have been the right move. But it's like, again, it's not like, you know, she had to be constantly saved in the film. Like, ultimately, she did fine, you know? It just but maybe wasn't the smartest thing to do. She's not a trembling... That's the worst we could say about it, yeah. She's not a trembling damsel. Correct, yeah. You know, she's not, you know, like... And it's like um, there's nothing gratuitous about her either. Too. She's by no means willy in Temple of Doom, for sure. And 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 I like and again like I get, for an action movie, um, it's you know well again this is probably as much to do with John Woo as anything else because it's just not really his thing. But there's no like there's no gratuitousness between them. You know what and I mean? The, the the relationship feels fine and 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 normal. And she's also a very empathetic character, right? Because she's driven down to New Orleans to reunite with her father, who she hasn't seen in years. She's just received a couple of letters from him fairly recently. So not only does she come down there and find out, you know, he's become homeless, and she has to search for him, then right. she finds out, you know, he's deceased. Right. She you know, has an actual murdered. story. Yeah. 
And of course, like we said, William Brim- Wilford Brimley is is fantastic. Oh, he's such a treat. <laughs> he really is. I forgot how good he was in this. You know, like when he arrives at the warehouse too, and Van Damme's all like, "What are you doing here?" It's like, "We come to help. All these bad men come to kill you. We come to help." I um, I can like w- when we watched this again, I had forgotten he was in it. So that's how long it had been since I'd seen it. And then when I saw his name, I'm like, oh, well, Will, uh, Wolf of Brimley's in this. And then I remembered the character. I'm like, oh, that's right. He was great. And yeah, um, my uh, my recollection did not disappoint. Uh, he was fantastic. I mean, the um, the actress who plays the detective. Um, oh, I wrote it. Well, let me find it here. I, I wrote it down because she, she's got a small role herself. But she's excellent in it as well. Uh, Cassie Lemons. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's K-A-S-I. But Yeah, Cassie or Casey maybe, but yeah. You know, she does excellent. And again, what is a usually thankless role. And I think she actually, I wonder if they actually even soften the character up a bit. Because... You know how a lot of times you get more of the arrogant cop who isn't having any of this whatsoever. Right. You know, she's obviously, you know, again, she kind of has, story-wise, she has to be kind of like, oh, I, I can't really take this missing Caressens case seriously because for the story, she has to go find Van Damme because this is a Van Damme action movie. Exactly. But even still, you do like... And it's, she's interested, she's got this little, odd little introduction who is like, you see the cops are outside picketing and, you know, then it cuts to the station where she's the, pretty much the only one in there. Right. And she's, she's got this sad little cake with a birthday candle in it singing happy birthday to me. And you're kind of like, did you, why are you doing this at work? Right, you know, I don't know, but but she might be working some like double shift or something. Oh, she she just she had or triple shift. I mean, she's technically that's right. She did she did she did say say that she'd been working. So so I mean, like, why wait? It's like now is as good a time as any if you're going to be there for like well whatever a double shift is. She doesn't come off as unlikable, and I think that has a lot to do with the actress. No, no. I mean, again, at the the beginning, she's kind of disagreeable, but you get the pretty clear sense that she's she's overworked, not even necessarily jaded or. And while she is effectively unwilling to help, you don't get the sense that she's even trying to be so mean about it. She's just exhausted. And you feel bad when she's killed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And again, because she's trying to, she's trying to make, she's trying to make good on it. Story wise, she needs to be killed because, you know, again, they need to have Van Damme and her off on their own saving the day. But, you know, you, you, it's, it's, um, you know, you feel bad. Whereas again, they could have just had the, the typical, you know, arrogant movie cop who doesn't contribute anything and is all like, Oh man, I don't have time for this. And when he's killed, you're like, well, Oh, well, you know, often they're killed because of their own stupidity, you know, not paying attention to the danger because they don't, they don't think there is anything going on. There, um, was a sequel made about seven years back. Yes. Starring Scott Adkins, who is a a fantastic martial artist action star. Sure, in his own right, yeah. Uh, 
more of a reboot than a sequel because you know none of the original characters return. Uh, yeah, it takes place. Uh, Cambo- it takes place in Southeast Asia. I think it takes place in Thailand. I'm don't hundred. It's unfortunately not very good story wise. There's some good action in it, but it just didn't work. Uh, the, the, there's some, you know, it, it focuses more on the. It's it's actually kind of more similar to the Running Man in that you see more of the hunters going. It's like a group of hunters after them, like in the Running Man. They don't have, um, you know. Uh, wrestling, pro wrestling type of gimmicks. Gotcha. But, you know, they all have their own special little weapon and their own techniques to hunting down the Scott Atkins character. But uh, not the worst movie in the world if you do want to check it out. But I, I, I think you're going to, I think you will likely be disappointed. Not by some of the action sequences. There are some good action sequences, but overall the movie, eh. I saw it once. I have no desire to watch it again. In fact, there was even an odd... In the movie, he has to make it across the river to the other to the neighboring country. Well, the final battle takes place actually on the river, and he's in a speedboat, which for some reason, after this huge action, action sequences, sequence, he takes the speedboat not to the side of the river where he'd be free and clear, but lands it on the other side so he can cross the bridge to where he would be free and clear. I'm like, why didn't you just take the boat? Yeah. It makes no sense. It's <laughs> a good question. So, I mean, you how- didn't take the boat because they needed to have one final action sequence on the bridge, but still, it's like, uh, maybe you sink his boat and he has to swim to the nearest side? I don't know. Yeah, at least have it crash or the motor die or something. Um, do they copy? Do, I mean, aside from I guess that the, the basic premise, do they copy any other? Like, do they try to copy any of the other scenes? No, it, like it uh, is there a motorcycle scene or like a crazy uncle or something? No, it, it's it's an action movie where he's you know based more like or on the adorable movie. really uncle. Yeah, I mean it. It is. It, they really could have just had it almost be a reboot. They didn't really need to call it Hard Target 2. Right. It could have just as well been called anything. Yeah. But you know what? By calling it Hard, hard Target 2, they got me to watch it. True. Another thing I want to point out about the character of Lance Henriksen and, and Arnold Vosloo too is even though we never see one of their targets make it other than Van Damme, who of course kills them, it does actually seem because the rule is they give the 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 homeless veteran a money belt full of ten thousand dollars and tell them if you make it to the river, you're home free with the money. I get the impression that they would would honor that deal too. I don't think they were the type of villains that no matter what, like even if you'd like you know we never see one make it across the river, but I think if one had he would have been allowed to, because there's a sequence where he's, where even Lance Angles says, if he makes it to the river, he's free. We can't let that happen. Yeah. I don't think they would have continued the hunt. I don't think they would have cheated the guy out of the money if and, and killed him anyways. If not for that line where it said, 
uh, where I mean, I guess, yeah, the impression that I get is I, I get the same impression as you. Like when he says that if he hadn't said that line, I wouldn't be surprised if he had it set up so that, um, you know, like in the running man where like, I oh, didn't win anything. We're going to kill you anyway. But um, being that he said it, I, I'm inclined to actually believe it because he's yeah, got you, no other reason to say it. <laughs> you almost expect that scene where, you know, the, the guy makes it to the river, gets to the other side. is like, I made it. And there's a sniper. I or made something. it. Yeah. I made it. And they turn it around and there's one of the henchmen sitting there with the gun who blows him away. Right, right. But I mean, since since he said it and had no other reason to say it, I'm inclined to believe it. I yeah. get the same sense that he probably would have honored it. Well, again, it's all about the hunt. Yeah. For them. I mean, I guess for some of the people who hired yeah. it's about the killing. Oh, yeah. And that I believe, like, I definitely believe their sincerity in what they're doing. It's just like, you know, they, they kind of go overboard with it for as much of a challenge as they want. It's like they have it on very easy mode, I guess. Well, yeah, but again, like we we see some of these guys, they don't even know what they're doing. In fact, in one, in one of the hunts, the guy decides at the last minute he can't go through with it. Do, do you think they legitimately need more than Enrickson himself, Vosloo, and like maybe four other guys <laughs> with a motorcycle? Like Vosloo himself could easily take care of any of these guys that they're right. going and after. Again, the idea is that the person who hired them gets to do it. Oh, agreed. I'm just talking about their contingency. Like their army contingency is a bit ostentatious for what they're trying to do. And it should be at least be somewhat secretive about it. Well, again, I, I don't think they want the guy getting away with the money anyways. Well, sure. But yeah, they they make the point of and they they really seem to look down on New Orleans because they talk about yes. how like, you know, oh, we were I in, wanted to you mention know, that. Yugoslavia during the ethnic cleansing we ran hunts and we were down in this place, you know, like I forget where he says, yeah. Yeah, it was like, I, I, again, I get the impression that maybe they chose New Orleans because, you know, I think a police strike like that would probably make national news. And it, well, and also, like, if you didn't choose the city of two million at the time, or at least someone says that, like, it makes sense. Like, you can go out to the remote areas of the bayou where you might not be noticed with all of this going right. on, but they do it, like, in the city, <laughs> Yeah, I love. There's a harrowing sequence where one of the, the and and you, you feel terrible, but you know he, he's running around trying to get people to help him yeah. because he's wounded, and everybody just sees a homeless guy. And Tem, Ted Ramey, brother of Sam, gets a cameo where he's like, "I don't have any money, man," and just keeps going. It's like he's not asking for money; he's asking for help. help. Right. And when someone says, "Like you know, I'm going to call the police," like, "Yeah, do it." Yeah. Right, that's but exactly what I'm asking for. The most harrowing part is when he realizes that here I yeah. am, surrounded by all these people. Nobody's going to help me. He sees the bad guys pull up, and he realizes that's it. I'm I'm done, and he just stands there and accepts his fate. Yeah, it's uh, it's sad. It really is. Yeah, it's um, but I mean honestly. It's a, it's 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 a surprising amount of emotion for again an action movie such a such a, like an all out you know action movie. Honestly, I can't claim how I might react any different. You know, if I'm on Bourbon at Street, that point, yeah. You know, this guy comes up to me is like, "You gotta help me! You gotta help me!" You know, it'd be like, I would probably if I had even any, I'd be like, "Here, take it, go, get yourself something." You know, I'm not thinking, right. "Oh, there's an army of you know." 
Heck, I if mean, I did, you know, if he did tell me there's an army of assassins and then point in their direction, I'd be like, I can't see what you're pointing to, sir. Right. Um, I mean, I suppose if it were me, I'd just keep running and screaming. Like, I don't even stop to pause to wait, you know, to even think, you know what I mean? Um, or at least if I'm going to do that. I'm going to probably go to a much more crowded, like, indoor place. Well, I mean, um, it, it was crowded, and then even when the, it was, isn't until they gun him down. Oh, I'm not saying he made course. the. I'm not saying he made yeah. the right choice. I'm saying I probably would have kept running anyway. I just would have kept he, running. He tried to get into one place, but they pushed him out the door and locked yeah. him in front. You know. No, I mean he made what should have been the correct choice, which was immediately ask for help by the many people around you. But right, they just all entirely ignore him. Yeah. And again, it's a surprising amount of like you know. It's you're right. It's very sad. It's 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 unexpected in an action movie. No, no. I mean, this is uh, you know you you talk about a lot of movies, especially action movies, being a roller coaster ride. This is not only a roller coaster ride of excitement and action, but also of you know ups and downs in your emotions. You know, it's it's not too often that you know an action movie will make you you know you might see like oh I kind of like that character. It's too bad they got killed. But this movie actually kind of makes you, you know, feel bad when when some of them are killed. Well, for sure. I mean, again, the, um, uh, you know, it's it's the, the the state of affairs that it presents to give you the movie is kind of deep and dark. You know, it's not like just like faceless um, or you know, relatively faceless like mob of soldiers versus relatively faceless, you know, um, a, a mob in some like you know made up thing. It's 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 yeah, it's pretty dark. Uh, what's, what's also amazing to me is even with the large body count at the end of the movie, apparently John Woo wanted even more bad guys to be coming in and getting blown away by Van Damme. But the producer's like, no, 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 no. We, we can't afford all these more people. And then the more extended screen time, because, you know, the more we have and the more you've killed, the more screen time we have to take up of you killing them. I mean, this is fair. <laughs> it would have been a pretty long movie, but I would have enjoyed it. Well, I mean, if I, isn't isn't hard boiled kind of long, or at least over yeah, two hours? Yeah, yeah hard boiled. I mean, there's a lot of slow motion in that movie too. So there's 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 a massacre at the end of that movie. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that goes all out. <sighs> hard boiled's great though, now and an obvious recommendation. Really, any of his movies. Oh yeah, are, are, any of his movies are worth recommending one way or the other. Oh yeah, I would, they should I would be seen. Even, like Broken Arrow, I think it yeah, at least should I would be still seen. Recommend if you Broken have the time. Arrow. It's a, it's um, a decent enough movie. If you haven't seen Face Off, I've probably heard of it enough. Give it a shot. See, you know, see what all the fuss is about one way or the other. Uh, I would have to. I have and then certainly hard boiled and a better tomorrow and uh, the killing. I've I've never heard it say said outright, but I have to believe Michael Bay is definitely inspired by John Woo. I would think. I would think. But, like, I mean, it's the same. Uh, and, I, you know, again, we've discussed before, I like Michael Bay, but um, sometimes the action scenes are hard, harder to get through, harder to follow. You know, it might be a bit too hyper. But um, John Woo, on the other hand, like his, are just great. They're always visually, um, they're always just so much fun to go through. Yeah. Michael Bay can be an awful lot of fun, especially when he's really feeling it. But there are times where it just can be a bit too much, um, in, in in terms of like how how jumpy it is. But uh, John Woo, it's a bit more like he he's he's using the action as almost an art form. Yeah, uh, my uh, uh, another recommendation I'm just going to pull like out because yeah. of the ridiculous 
accent and the glorious mullet running from explosions, I got to say Con Air. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pound for pound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I, I, that's probably the be- better mullet running from explosions movie, but um, I think I like this movie better. Oh, no. I, I like Hard Target better than Con Air, but that's just another you know, movie I'm throwing out there. It would be a good double feature, Hard Target and Con Air. Con Air's a blast. And I mean, for, 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 um, and also for just different context, um, check out, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out Stone Cold. You get a good, you get a very good uh, Lance Henriksen and uh, William Forsythe performances out of that. Um, or at least very fun. Uh, you know, Henriksen's having a blast. <laughs> um, Forsythe's having a blast. Forsythe's having a blast, you know. And Craig Garbaxley, who I greatly respect as a director, yep. directs the hell out of it. He grants you some great action. Unfortunately, the action movie is just lacking an effective action hero. Right. I I I do not care for Stone Cold. I mean, it's um, it's yeah. I mean, you watch it for you watch it for 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 a different reason. But it's to me, it's one that like you just got to see it. You know, uh, you got to see it at least once. And uh, of course, Roadhouse. Oh yeah. Oh Roadhouse. Actually, you know, Roadhouse and Hard Target may actually be a better double feature than. Hard targeting Con Air because you're you're actually getting a little bit more uh, variety. Yeah, like in fact, I would say like if it was like on a spectrum, you'd have you know you would go with like from Stone Cold to 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 um, Hard Target and then maybe uh, or Stone Cold to to Roadhouse and then Hard Target. I don't know, but um, they're different, <laughs> but all should be seen, <laughs> you know. Well, I can't 100% agree with you that Stone Cold should be seen. I think it should be experienced at least once. I really do. If if anything, Brian Bosworth will also make you appreciate the acting talents of every other action hero who's ever stepped into the action hero role. Yeah, yeah. Like to get I mean to get the sense of what I'm trying to say, like I'm it's not a it's I mean it's not a good action movie but it is one that you might enjoy (laughs) if only if you like if you enjoy bad movies um it's a great bad movie at least i think so i i have a lot of fun with it all right uh anything else you want to say um but and to be clear hard target is definitely much better um no really not, not not much else to say but um yeah, I'm glad we watched it. Uh, this one we just kind of picked more or less at the last minute. We had different, we had a different movie in mind, had to change it. Um, so you know, just scrolling through uh, a list, it popped out, and I'm like, I haven't seen this in a while. Let's 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 see how it holds up, and it, it really does. Well, the moment you mentioned it, I'm like, I'm always down for hard target, so that's what we're watching. Yeah, I didn't think you would have a hard. T- I knew, I I knew how much you liked this movie, and I've certainly seen it more than I. Um, so yeah, it just kind of worked out that way. I'm like, I I was looking in, you know, I was in the mood for something fun, uh, and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I, I I wonder, you know, do I still like it? Does it does it hold up? It's been a while, and it definitely does. I think it definitely holds up, and it's what I'm going to have to put in heavier rotation. All right, well. Uh, do you have a Magnificent Seven Degrees where we can connect this movie to the Magnificent Seven? Um, I do. Uh, so Sven Oli Thorson, um, who's pretty easy to pick out, he's the one who's always smoking the cigar. He's got the flat top. Um, looks like Sven Oli Thorson. He doesn't look... I mean, he's older, but he looks similar to the way he looks in uh, Running Man, which he was in um, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was in... 
um, Commando with Bill Duke, who was in The Running Man with Mel Gibson, with James Coburn, who was in, obviously, The Magnificent Seven. I haven't done. I have. I haven't mentioned payback in a while. So well, I, I appreciate also that you didn't just go from, uh, you know, Running Man with Jim Brown to the Dirty Dozen with. I yeah, I wanted to go through. Actually, I should have done that because yeah, R.I.P. Jim Brown. Well, that and it's like you know how many times. I mean, I think Charles Bronson has probably been mentioned in this podcast more than any other actor or any other word sequence. Yeah, we seem to, and then, you know, I love Charles Bronson. We did a whole podcast dedicated to him on what would have been his hundredth birthday, but we always seem to end with Charles Bronson. Uh, so with me, I'm gonna say Wilford Brimley was in Borderline with Charles Bronson, who was in The Magnificent Seven. There you go. Borderline. I don't think we talked about that when we did the. Uh... The Charles Bronson retrospective. What's that one? That is a Charles Bronson, uh, Bruno Kirby, and uh, Wilfred Brimley play border agents. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to remember who's the bad guy. And I think it's Ed Harris plays the bad guy who's basically a coyote oh, who... Good cast. Who smuggles illegal immigrants over the border, but then sells them to uh, into slavery, basically, oh, in wow. the United States. Well, that's a good movie, and uh, it is. And it, like, yeah, it's it's surprising. It's good cast. Because when I watched it, because this is an early '80s movie starring Charles Bronson. Oh, '80s. Okay. I really thought it would probably be very uh, conservative, and it is a conservative movie, but. They that the the immigrants, even the illegal ones, aren't are, are really portrayed as victims. And in one of the sequences, Bruno Kirby's the new guy on the job, and it, it shows like you know some of it is like really you know this is the job. You know you know he keeps you know I'm hearing these terrible stories about this guy who you know sold everything he had in order to pay this guy to bring him across the border, and now we're sending them back to nothing. And they're like, well, that's the job. That's what we do. We control the border. Right. Uh, it, it really is. Um, it, it's Ed Harris. I believe it's Ed Harris who is the, the, the real villain of the piece. So it is an interesting movie to check out. Not so much an action movie. It's much more in the line of, um, I would say, well, you know, Messenger of Death is an action movie, but it's not it's eh, it's it's yeah i guess but not not it's not uh death wish right certainly not death wish 3 yeah uh again i want to remind everybody you can follow us on twitter and instagram at movie matt sorois m o v i e m a t t s i r o i s i really want to hear your opinions on the relationship of arnold Voslo and lance Henriksen's characters in this movie um, anything else you had to say, Todd? Um, no, uh, but I'll confirm it is Ed Harris. All right. Well, with oh, that... and Charles Cypress is. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, no, it's a good movie with a decent cast. Oh, well, it's a, it's a decent, it's a good movie with a good cast. Oh, and um, John Ashton is in it. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, what the heck is his name in Beverly Hills Cop? He's obviously Hi. not. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, again, we thank you as always for listening and hope to have you back next time. Thank you, everyone. Stay gold, people.